Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with pastor and author Mitchell Lee. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome back to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondick, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the podcast for longtime listeners. Wow, it's been it's been quite a journey, and um, it's funny. Every, you know, every every so often I look back and I look, I reflect, and I just remember um, the early podcasts. And you know, it's when when you have the early conversations, and you go back and look at them again, and you're like, ah, oh, remember when that happened? And I just love that posture of remembrance. Um, and I think it's, it's so important for us um, as people of faith and people who, yeah, who are, who, who are striving to be faithful um, today. And so in, in today's conversation, I, I chat with Pastor Mitchell Lee and that's how, that's how we start the conversation. Um, and one of the early points is on the value of remembrance in scripture, looking through the Old Testament New Testament, we see the value of remembrance. Remember what God has done. Remember his faithfulness. Remember how he has provided. Remember, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, in his new book, Even If, Trusting God When Life Disappoints, Overwhelms, or Just Doesn't Make Sense, I encourage you to remember um, and to have an even if faith, um, as Pastor Mitchell says. We talk a little bit about his journey, his upbringing, um, we dig into some kind of some practical elements of, um, you know, when you're stuck and how to respond with wisdom and, uh, and to be faithful and truthful, among much more. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Pastor Mitchell. Without further ado, thanks so much for joining me and the guys like us community tribe uh, and, and listeners. Thanks, Tyler. It's a joy to be with you guys and to just uh, be counted amongst the ranks of some incredible guests that you've already had and yourself. And I'm really looking forward to this time together. Absolutely. No, it's 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 my honor. And so, um, you know, exciting time. Summer things are we were just talking a little about post pandemic and hopefully navigating into that into that season. You know, I think we're I think we're slightly I, I think we're in there now. I hope this been a little scary this summer, but it's yeah. uh things have been going well and, um, you know, both located on the East coast here. So we've, uh, we're, um, we're kind of in the thick of it, but, um, just that, well, for, you know, I'm excited about, you know, in, in the midst of all of this, you you wrote a book. And so, um, I guess maybe a, lot, a little bit more time on your hands to be at home and to kind of ponder everything that life was, that was in front of you. But, um, but no, so, you know, just a, a congrats on, on the new book. Um, tr- even if trusting God when life disappoints, overwhelms, or just doesn't make sense. And so um, we'd just love to hear kind of a little bit about the origins, the genesis of this book and kind of how it, um, yeah, I think when when the kind of the moment or the kind of when the, the sign started to point that this was something that had to kind of be penned. Yeah, thanks. that's a great question. You know, um, the funny thing about this is I, I feel like I wrote two books in writing this one. Um, and the first time I submitted a manuscript was actually um, the January of 2020. So before everything shut down mm. and just the way that publishing timeline works. Right. So I was writing and I didn't have any COVID stuff in my mind because 
I'm writing really through, I'm writing the book in, at the end of 2019, turning it in January 2020. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the, uh, the publisher wanted to kind of do some major rewrites and tweaks. And so I basically had the opportunity to rewrite the book. And, and I really submitted that thing in the middle of the pandemic. And so mm -hmm. all of these new insights and perspectives were coming in. But this message of even if Tyler was, gosh, it first came to me in 2002. So God's been writing this message about 19 years in my life, came out of a place of great pain, uh, great, this sort of wilderness feeling like God had passed me by yeah. um, right out of seminary feeling like, man, yeah. just like, you know, when you graduate from anything, there's all these like commencement, like motivational, like, Hey, you're going to go and change the world now. And, and I'm sitting there with my my classmates and all future pastors and missionaries and and they're all yeah God's gonna use you for great things and I had just gotten fired from a church no prospects thinking to myself really God's gonna use me and and the real crucible of this message was like I felt like my pastoral career was done before it even started right and it's in that disappointment because I was like, I don't think I did anything wrong. There was no like disqualifying sin. I, I, like what, hmm. what happened? Like this extreme disappointment and uh, just feeling like everybody was moving forward and I wasn't yeah. right. I was stuck. And mm -hmm. it's when I, then I stumbled upon this, this passage in Daniel three and, and mm -hmm. really to be honest, mm -hmm. Tyler, like I didn't even really want to read the Bible. I yeah. was just like so discouraged, so sad, so alone. Uh, I stumble upon Daniel three, and there's this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know, it's a it's a Sunday school story, right? They're they're yeah. before Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar says, "If you don't bow, uh, I'm going to throw you in the fire." And what God can save you? And Shadrach, mm -hmm. Meshach, and Abednego they respond. They say, "Well, we don't even need to answer you, but." If you throw us in this fire, our God can save us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, we'd expect that from a biblical character, right? But then the turn. But even if he doesn't, mm -hmm. meaning even if he doesn't do what we know he could, we're not worshiping you, Nebuchadnezzar. We're going to stay loyal to him. And that thing, that just threw me for a loop, man. I was like, wait a second. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. Like if I'm looking at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's life, like they grew up in Jerusalem, they were young, there was the city of God, Jer Jeremiah comes on the scene, he's prophesying, hey, this city's going to go down, this is God's city, I know, but you mm -hmm. guys keep staying, you're, you're faithless, disloyal, God's going to turn the city over, and all these false prophets are saying, no, 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 it's, don't listen to Jeremiah, and then Babylon comes and the city falls, right? And then these three young men amongst all the other youth, they're trafficked to Babylon, Right, their, their names are changed. They're acculturated. Like they had every reason to think that God had left them and forsaken them, and yet here in the middle of this, like in facing this fire, they're like, "Well, our God can save us." And mm -hmm. I almost want to put in the parentheses, like, "Our God can save us." He didn't before. He didn't save us. He didn't save Jerusalem, but our God can save us. And even if He doesn't, in this case, we're going to continue to worship Him. That. That for me did something for me, man. There was this resolve, mm -hmm, this this mm -hmm. deep faith that I wanted more of and to understand more of. And that's what God's been writing over my life in 19 years. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the fruit of that has been risks and taking next steps and facing setbacks and disappointment and loss, but still deepening in faith and devotion to God. And that's what I hope to share with um, readers and anybody mm -hmm. who listen. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah, that, that's that's a that's a by way of introduction. That was that was great, and um, 
And, and so tell me, so just so I kind of get the timeline here. So that was, so you, when you had graduated seminary, that was, you said 19 years ago when you had this, when this kind of had really happened to you and you, and then now kind of in this moment, you're feeling like, you know what, everyone or most folks are going through some type of disappointment or kind of this holding or waiting on the Lord type of moment. And now is the kind of the time. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Just yeah, it was probably a five five year lead up to it. Like right. I just felt like, man, I want to get this in writing. Whether or not anybody reads it, picks it up, and just said, "Lord, right. I want, I want to, I'm going to be obedient to you." I really felt mm-hmm. the Lord calling mm-hmm. me to write it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I kind of wanted to ask you too. I, I think that can be especially hard. You know, I think especially coming from the church, getting a having a negative disappointment or something that really can kind of. Yeah, as you said, can your heart, your hands can go up in the air, or you can kind of fall away from your your devotions, and you're kind of lose. What type of advice would you have for for folks who might be in this you know this season right now of disappointment, um, lack of just just kind of apathy potentially, or this this distaste of 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 what's going on in their life? What how can people kind of practically start to kind of I guess posture orient kind of their 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 worship back toward God. Yeah, you know one of the most often repeated commands in the Scripture is remember, mm-hmm. remember, mm-hmm. do not forget, remember, do mm-hmm. not forget. Like God is telling His people, because He knows we're prone to forget. Right, mm-hmm. we're prone to forget who He is, what He's done. We're prone to forget, and then as a result, we're prone to forget who we are. I mean, just think about this for a second, like in the Old Testament, this is so important to God that we remember that he actually establishes feasts, right? Mm. Like he knows that we're so prone to forget, he actually establishes, he connects it to meals and food so that we'll remember who he is and what he has done. And man, my encouragement Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. like, we're so prone to forget who he is and what he has done, right? And if we forget who he is and what he has done, we can look at our current circumstances, whether it's a setback, disappointment, mm-hmm. loss, uh, just, again, feeling stuck. We can begin to compare, right, to mm-hmm. see what other people are getting and experiencing moving forward. I mean, like, isn't it so funny? Even during COVID, this was an experience. I, I've talked to people and yeah. they're like, oh, man, I didn't accomplish as much during COVID as mm-hmm. that, you know, that Facebook post that says, like, hey, I learned two new languages during COVID. Like, what yeah. did you do? Right. And. You're just feeling like, oh my gosh. And you forget that like, wait a second, God has not forsaken you. No matter what your life looks like, God has not forsaken you. Why? Because you're the beloved. You're the beloved of God. Mm -hmm. Um, And that when God turns towards us, like he looks on us with love. And I think for guys, especially, this is so important because we're so driven by our achievements, right? Our sense of success, Mm -hmm. our sense of like, what do I have to show for my life? I'm good enough. And we can easily translate that into our relationship with God. Like God's only interest in us is our potential, our upside, what we can do, mm-hmm. what we've done, what we have to show for our lives. And what a radical thing. Like if you're feeling discouraged right now, if you're listening right yeah. now, you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling disillusioned, you're feeling like blah. Like can I encourage you to remember like who God is? Mm-hmm. Can I remember mm-hmm. encourage you to remember what he's done for you? And if mm-hmm. that like data is too small, like, expand the database go to the scriptures and see like this is who god is this is what he has done right and if that is not like drive it straight to the cross right Right. i mean the gospel tells us like our identity is in what christ has done for us not what we have done Mm -hmm. to earn Mm -hmm. that and 
man, when we remember that, we're rooted in our identity in that, like we can trust that God. We can trust that God who calls us beloved before mm-hmm. we lift a finger, mm-hmm. right? We can trust that God uh, who nothing separates us from the love of Christ. And mm-hmm. he has mm-hmm. gone to extreme lengths to save us. And he's not going to dis- uh, disappear on us, forsake us, leave us right now. Even if the situation doesn't go the way we want it to go. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. And I want to go back kind of to what you had mentioned, looking in the Old Testament too, and like the amount of like like the gods of the ancient Near East and what was so gripping for them. And like, I think it's a good remembrance of like our, the God, our God does not like, um, it doesn't matter how well you perform, for example, that it's going to change, like your identity will not change. Whereas like in the, in, in the ancient Near East, like the, 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 a lot of the other gods would be considered, I guess, greedy almost of like, they would need you to perform something in order for them to survive or to thrive in a sense. And so I just, I just love how it's rooted back into the character of God of this is who he is. He hasn't changed. He won't change. Um, you know, and kind of just having that kind of from that grounding base of how you then look at yourself yeah. through, through that That's lens. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. That's right. And, and I mean, and think about like, I love that you picked that up because and think about like that's the transactional nature of what we call religion right as opposed to the gospel right the mm. transactional nature is you do for me and then the deity will do for you but think about just in in kind of i'll call it popular christianity for lack of a, of a better word sure how much advice we get when life doesn't go the way that we want it how much advice we get is exactly in line with that kind of transactional stuff right so life doesn't go the way you didn't get the job you wanted to oh well well tyler you must not have prayed enough Right. right. You must not have been devoted enough or, you know, um, you know, that that relationship fell out. Well, you know, and, and, and people want to give us all sorts of advice that's transactional in nature. Like you must not have done something. You didn't fill out the formula that God wanted you to fill out. And that's why your life is this mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. while sometimes it might be true a very few times, like often the time, oftentimes it's life. Like it's the brokenness of life. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's where this, where this message of like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'll search my heart, but um, Lord, the Lord didn't do what I wanted him to do. So he must not be for me. No, no, mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Right. The Christian faith is so much deeper than a, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what have you done for me lately kind of relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think if we step back and think about the people whose faith we really admire and who've made an impact, it's these, they have this like deep resolve that's, it's not based on what God has done for them, right? And that's the kind of faith I want, right? The, mm-hmm. the, not just what God can do for me today, but like who he is, right? And, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that from my marriage, right? Like, it's right. not just about like my wife, what she can do for me or what she hasn't done for me. Those are great, but it's who she is, right? There's this covenantal relationship, and mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm. believe that that's what God's calling us to. Mm-hmm. God is calling us to in relationship with Him. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that's I think one one of the the initial things that I that I think of, and I'm you know I'm sure listeners are pondering too, is well, yeah, you know, I've been waiting for a while, or I've been trying to to trust in God for a while, and maybe this actually the path that I'm on right now isn't where the Lord has me either, you know, and kind of navigating 
okay, is this a response of obedience to, to trust and to, you know, to continue to stay on this particular path, whether it's, you know, if it's an upset in, um, yeah, maybe it's a, it's a job upset, for example, right? Something that has happened in your workplace or that has led you to, um, to, into kind of a position of, yeah, of doubt or of just lack of trust. Like, okay, well, maybe, maybe God is calling me to a different career, you know, or it's like, kind of what does that discernment process look like or even kind of how do you how do you process that if that makes sense yeah i mean you know even if declaration mm-hmm. it's funny it's not a formula for okay i stay in this path or i don't right what it does is it gives us freedom to know like hmm. so let's say hmm. you know i'm seeking with them i'm seeking to be obedient to god in a career hmm. that's just not going what even it frees us from is it frees us from the other possibilities or explanations. Oh, God must be cursing me because uh, I did something or God must have forsaken me or God has left me. Right. Even it frees me to say, God, I'm going to worship you whether or not this career goes. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually when you begin to live well in that long enough, it actually frees us to take the next step and to even take risks on something to change jobs potentially to say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, lord i think this next thing is gonna this this thing over here will honor you mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and uh, be a, a a deeper obedience to you and i'm gonna take the step on it mm-hmm. and god if it works out i will worship you and if it doesn't even if it doesn't i will continue yeah, to worship you it. see that's the freedom right. of doing it it's not a it's not an anything goes sort of life and nor is it just a Oh, just take whatever risk you want. No, it's all it's it's calculated. It's wise. It's godly. It's mm-hmm. it's it's um, even in some respects cautious. But I meet so many people who don't even take the risk until they can get the guarantee that oh God's gonna bless this. And I'll say that in air quotes. Bless this, sure. right? Meaning bless. Meaning it goes well in the way I want it to go. Yeah. And man, but there's so much blessing that God could have for us. And it may not look the way we envisioned it would, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but to that freedom that I'm going to worship him anyway. Right. Um, I'll give you an example of this, sure. um, nine years ago. So we had spent eight years in Chicago, me and my wife, and, uh, we moved there as newlyweds. I, I say that we became adults in Chicago. We were, um, at a, at a wonderful church. I was pastoring there. We had three of our five kids there. Mm-hmm. And in the seventh year, they had asked me to take the baton and become the next uh, senior pastor of the church. And right around that time, I began to sense very ca- strongly the Lord was calling us back to, to Maryland, where we were from, to start all over, to walk away from being a lead pastor and to not even make a lateral move, kind of to make a, a um, a different move to a bigger church. We didn't have, we didn't know anybody mm-hmm. and it was really counterintuitive. It didn't mm-hmm. make sense. And I began to feel this like, Oh, what if, like, what if it doesn't work out? Like, what if mm-hmm. it's a huge mistake? And, and this is where this, even if declaration, it was the next little thread in our, even if tapestry, you said, God, mm-hmm. we believe you're calling us to go back to Maryland. And even if it doesn't work out, even if it's not the way that we thought it would be, we're going to worship you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so we did mm-hmm, we moved mm-hmm. yeah. um and it bro it was the hardest two years of my life in terms of ministry i mean yeah. second only to the wilderness period i talked about earlier like it was hard and i was like oh my gosh i made a huge mistake i made mm-hmm. a big mistake i was regretting it mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but the even if kept me in it 
Mm-hmm. Right? I'm still going to worship you, God. It doesn't change. It's hard, but it's not going to change mm-hmm. my worship of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I actually kind of wanted to rewind a little bit and... Um, you have mentioned some of these kind of these these big life events and these moments. Can you talk a little bit about I think a lot of or I guess some of your some of your upbringing as well, and kind of a little bit more about your backstory coming to faith. You know, were you involved in the church, and what were some of the kind of yeah, what was some of the maybe some of the the, the cultural and normative cultural expectations or that were actually weren't gospel or some things that you were that you you know you that you were living in wherever you were and that you've been kind of navigating and, and, um, yeah, I, I guess we'll, we can start there and then we'll kind of piggyback off that. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm the son of first generation immigrants from South Korea. They immigrated in 74 and I was born oh, okay. here in, in Maryland in 1975. Um, mm-hmm. and the immigrant life, man, it's, it's all about sink or swim. Right. And so, my parents instilled in me, like, you just work hard. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they were definitely, you know, um, in the 70s, 80s, um, you know, they were, my parents were very, very cognizant of racial dynamics in the United States and growing mm-hmm. up as an Asian American. So my dad would always tell me, the only way you're going to get ahead is by studying and your studies and your education and <laughs> Uh, you can't compete with other people physically. You gotta have to. You're gonna have to uh, overcome by your studies. That's how you're gonna gain an right, edge. Right. Man, that was such a bad. That was such a bad message. You know, like I was really athletic. I was very. I'm not big, but I'm fast and coordinated. Uh, but my dad never wanted me to participate in any sort of sports. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he didn't want me to do any of that. Like, study, 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 mm-hmm, study, mm-hmm, study. Mm-hmm. And man, I took that into adulthood, and it's like there was a period of time almost up to about maybe eight years ago where whenever I'd face failure of any sorts, Tyler, you know what I would go to? My inner narrative would be like, oh, I need to go study. I need to go read. I need to get smarter in order to feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. Well, those are the kinds of pressures, you know, I was uh, on the track to be a doctor, you know, um, mm-hmm. a very like, um, I mean, I took cats, graduated from the University of Maryland, mm-hmm. got into med school, was going to go to Temple University. Mm-hmm. And the Lord radically changed um, uh, my my path. My, my dad was the first believer in his family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom came from a family of Christians, mm-hmm. and still they were like study, 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 achieve, 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 be a doctor, be a doctor, be a doctor, be a doctor. So you can imagine their horror when I told them I didn't want to be a doctor but wanted to go into ministry. Um, man, my dad didn't talk to me for two weeks, bro. Oh, and that's man. quite a feat because we lived under the same roof, man. But I'd come oh, in the no. room and he'd leave, you know. Oh, no. and vice- yeah. it, was, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, he was so disappointed. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it was my mom. My mom was really, like when I told my mom, she started crying. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And actually, it wasn't until two years later that I found out why she, why she was crying when I told her. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. She tells me the story of when they first immigrated mm-hmm. to the States and she found out that she was pregnant with me. My dad was not a believer and my dad wanted her to abort the baby because they did not have the financial mm-hmm. means to raise this baby. Yeah. So she's on her way to a clinic on a public bus, misses the stop and gets out and there's a church. And so she goes into this church and she prays and 
um, and she's telling me this at 24 years of old age, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She she prays Anna's prayer, and she says, "God, if you would give us the means to raise this baby, I will devote him to the next generation." Mm-hmm, That's what she prays. Mm-hmm. She gets back on the bus and she goes around. She gets to the clinic. Clinic's closed, so she's afraid. She goes home. My dad is waiting, and my dad was so like sad he'd been crying because he had changed his mind but there weren't any cell phones back then they couldn't he couldn't contact her he'd gone looking for her couldn't find her and they decided to raise have the baby and raise me and that Mm -hmm. was me right Mm -hmm. and so you imagine 22 my mom forgets that promise 22 years later suddenly i come to her and i say hey i'm going to go into ministry so my mom's tears were about the fear that god does not forget a promise Right. She was fearing the Lord. That's her tears. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over those, my, my dad passed away four years ago. But I mean, from that age of 23 till uh, 41, my, 18 years, my parents were the greatest supporters of ministry and doing whatever they could. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's the legacy. Right? And, and actually, as I'm writing, even if it's all over the book, like I'm just seeing like, this even if faith that my parents and their generation just demonstrated and modeled for me mm-hmm. without even calling it even if. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what was really formative for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you, um, it, so, you know, to, to the extent that you're kind of able to, I, I'm really curious kind of of how you've navigated. Um, so I think one of the things that, I mean, I think the United States in particular and the gospel has always been a, a multicultural experience or a multicultural religion it's one it's the only faith that truly is and but i think we see a lot of the the rise of globalization um technology access to different parts of the world and i think like the the confrontation of culture not not solely and i don't mean to you know only identify culture as like national ethnic or racial type culture but like has given us kind of a template or like not template more of like a mosaic almost of like how we can start to kind of navigate okay what is like what is something that like i feel like and i believe the gospel honors culture but it also brings you out of culture and so there's sometimes in all and it's a kind of a check-in on our own you know own like is something that i'm serving right now part of or is this something that i and is it you know is it is it is it a good belief to hold and um or is it something that might actually be kind of holding me back from i think where god wants me to be and and kind of the, yeah. the hope and so how and i and i say that just because you know practically a lot of listeners here are they're you know they're they're encountering and they're trying to navigate and understand and be faithful to the gospel in the midst of kind of this i would say this babylonian type moment that we're in and um mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. So long, very long winded. I mean, you could write a book on this yeah. too. So it's, uh, but just something that I know that, especially kind of with your experience, your, your pastoral experience too, and some of the, the conversations, but really kind of how that, how that kind of intersects with trusting God when life disappoints, overwhelms, or just doesn't make sense. And I think this is one of the, these cultural yeah. moments that we're navigating and trying to do it in a faithful, in a faithful way. Yeah. Yeah, and then even if declaration, wow. I mean, even for like, you can think about it on a corporate side, like for a church, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lord, we want to, let's say, let's say all this, the murky and confusing and very charged, let's just say even conversations about race, right? That mm-hmm. 
the even if the even if declaration like god we want to get this right we trust in your goodness we see your glory and so multifaceted mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so we're going to attempt we want to attempt to understand we want to attempt to move towards and even if uh, our attempts are misread even if we are mislabeled misjudged uh, shot at from all sorts of sides we're going to worship you mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i love it I mean, you said so much there this little beautiful things about how the gospel it does lift us out of our culture but it it brings pieces of it with us too right like it's Right. Uh, the, the, the illustration I try to use to help people understand this is and of why I love pastoring a multi-ethnic church mm -hmm. is growing up in a Korean church, um, mm -hmm. I had a way of understanding Jesus, a way of understanding the gospel. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of through one colored lens of Jesus. And when God took me out of a Korean church and I'm that was in a majority culture, white church pastoring there, began to see a new, a different aspect of who Jesus is and why he's worthy hmm. to be worshipped. And then as I've developed friendships and understood the stories and journeys of Black Christians, South Asian, Indian American Christians, Hispanic, it's like I begin to see this kaleidoscopic picture, like, oh my gosh, like the glory of Jesus is so robust and his gospel is so mm. glorious that it's like turning a diamond and I'm seeing all these different facets for it, right? So then suddenly my mm -hmm, desire mm -hmm. to be multi-ethnic and across cultural boundaries is it's it's fueled by mm -hmm. a desire to know more about who Jesus is, not a human humanistic motivation as much as it's mm -hmm. a man, if, if I don't I don't see Jesus through your eyes, like I'm missing something. So mm -hmm. help me see who Jesus is through your eyes. And I'm, that's going to just add to a composite picture for me. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's, that's the beauty of the gospel in, mm -hmm. in a conversation like that. And can you imagine if it's, if it's attached to a, and just that, that resolve to worship God? Like, mm -hmm. I think that's where an even if sort of declaration drives us. Now, I don't talk about that as much in the book, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's a, I love the way that you're just kind of, thinking on that and, and thinking about the ramifications and implications of that. Mm. And just on that, I mean, that this is kind of an opener, but it's more so in as well into some of the, perhaps some of the modern, even ifs that a lot of us face right now, and maybe just on a kind of a word of advice and encouragement, you know, either furthering on this point or maybe some others that you mentioned in the book as well, that are, yeah, something that a lot of us are facing right now. And and again, how the even if frees us and really kind of brings that wholeness back to where to where it belongs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In our cultural moment, gosh, all of us are dealing with dashed expectations, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure people have these ideas of what yeah. 2021 was, but what 2020 was supposed to be, right? And hmm. uh, those expectations, like the anatomy of that. Have you ever thought about like where expectations and, and where demands come from? Like mm -hmm. I was thinking through this, they start with really sincere desires usually, right? So example is like, man, I get done with a long day of work and I'm like, you know what? I just want to get home and get a little bit of rest, maybe some appreciation, right? And that desire, I get in the car and that desire is kind of bubbling. And then that desire turns into something. It turns into this hope. And I, I, had, I had about a 15 minute commute before the pandemic, right? 
And I get on the road, and not, on that 15 minute commute, man, that desire turns into a hope. Like, right. oh, I hope I get the rest of the expectation. I mean, or, uh, you know, appreciation I want. And then I hope becomes a need. Like I need this. And bro, by the time I get into the driveway, that need is like a full on expectation and demand. Right. right, right? And right. I open that door and my wife with my five kids, like, what do you, and you know, I'm, I'm almost expecting them to be like, Oh, all hail father has come back from changing the world. Like, let's give him what he deserves. <laughs> Leave him alone. Right. right and right. that is not what happened. Right. And so right. what happens to that demand? It's, it's met with a punishment, right? I punish my family for not mm-hmm. meeting my demand. It's calcified. That desire right. has calcified into this demand, sure. man. That, that can happen 15, 20 minutes. You know what? It also happens in my now commute, my COVID commute, right? From upstairs to downstairs. It takes seconds for our demands and our, those, that, those desires to turn into demands. My encouragement is if you are living in that, all of us are, all of us have these demands, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. name them, hmm. speak what they are hmm. to the Lord. It's okay. Yeah. You can yeah. say what is so is what I call it. You can speak these things. This is what I desired, God. This is what I demanded, right? But we say it with an open hand. God welcomes that. Our God welcomes that we speak what is so. Yeah. Right? The biblical word for that is lament. You can lament. Mm, yeah. I thought I would be married by now. Right? Sure. I thought I would by now. We speak those things. And then we remember the goodness of God. But I know who you are, God. And though it not did not go the way I wanted it to go, it's not going the way I want it to go, even if I worship you, right? Mm-hmm. My encouragement is don't jump to the even if until you've done the work of naming and speaking what is so, so, so important. And, and that's just one sort of kind of, I call them counter ifs in the book. That's one sort of counter if, right. you know, our counter conditions. If. But there's sure. a lot of other ones, our regrets, our regrets over the past, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think most guys actually struggle with this. Our regrets over where we are right now. Yeah, I should yeah. be blank by now, right? And um, wow, I don't know if, you're, if you like comics, yeah. man. But you ever thought about this with Superman? Um, Superman has this alter ego called Bizarro Superman, right? And Bizarro Superman is like everything that Superman is in strength, except for he's yeah. the inversion in character and all this thing. It's it's a it's a it's a weird sort of um, a weird sort of thing, but I use this to talk about like, man, I'm always comparing myself with my false self, right? Like, like Superman, or I would say Super Mitchell is amazing. Super Mitchell has written 10 books by now. Super Mitchell's got like everything going for him. You know, Super Mitchell's yeah. like rocking it. And Super Mitchell's a total jerk because Super Mitchell always wins whenever Bizarro Mitchell, me, compares myself to him right mm-hmm. we do that all the time yeah yeah and you'll know because you'll say well i should I, I should know that by now i should be over that sin by now i should blah 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 and i, I was i started asking the question compared to who right compared to who because here's the thing that frees us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. god doesn't know the super version of you because god only knows true things right mm-hmm. god knows you he knows mm-hmm. me, where I am right now, and the grace that I need from him right now. Mm-hmm. The real version of me, the real version of you, whatever bizarro version that is, like God calls that version beloved and sent his son to die for that version of me. 
and he's committed to making me better than super Mitchell. He's committed to me making me in the image of Christ. Right. 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 And I mean, you want a comparison. Wow. We can't compare ourselves to Jesus. Wow. Wow. Like, and this is a, this is the thing that I, I, I pray would free. Yeah. Especially guys who read this book, like the should of the would of the could of, and we're, we're stuck and we're living in this, like comparing ourselves to this false version of us. Sure the super version of us who will never match up to maybe God will free us and give us a little bit more like, you know what? Even if I'm not that I'm worshiping you, God, I'm worshiping you. And, um, right. I think that would bring a freedom and authenticity to the walks. Yeah. I, I love how you contrasted those two because it's like, so often it's like we have such a worldly perspective on, on like what we're supposed to look like. And it's, and I think the beautiful thing is, in God's sovereignty, he's like, I have this, I got this, like, let go and leave at the cross all, all of your burdens, all of your anxieties. And it's so freeing in some of these things, especially in these regrets or these things that have happened. What if I had done that? It's like, let it go. It, had, it has happened. Oh. And so, yeah. and I think it's beautiful because it's like, so often I think that the, the, the image that we have of ourselves is not or our future selves is not the image of Christ. And so um, just realigning that, reordering our love and our worship back to a God who deserves our worship. Um, and so, so cool, so cool. Um, and so I, I think just to kind of to wrap up here, um, just with, yeah, just where books, so we're recording actually on August um, 11th, 11th, no, is it that cool? Set six here jumping ahead and so the podcast sorry the the um the book will be launched you know august 17th as it uh, as it plans so just kind of where can folks maybe you know uh, by the time this will be posted it'll be probably you know a little bit later on the book will have launched but where can where can they find it get a copy but also just kind of follow along and stay stay in stay in touch yeah so um i have a site mitchelllee.com and you can go there and find out about my latest happenings. I got a blog on there um, that uh, just I write some musings and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, also, you can read, watch a book trailer about uh -oh. the message cool. of the book. Um, and, yeah, and you can also um, just catch, you can, I mean, any bookseller, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, yeah, yeah. wherever you buy your books, um, they're, they're carrying it. I'm on Instagram, uh, just uh, Rev M. Lee. I'm on Facebook, Pastor Mitchell Lee. I love to engage. Uh, and I'm really, again, more than the book, it's this message. I just want to see, and I'm praying that God will raise up declarations of even if, of, of uh, risk-taking, hmm. humble, dependent believers who are trusting in God's goodness no matter what mm -hmm. life brings. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And praying that there would just be an army of even if worshipers mm -hmm. uh, joining in the, the many even if worshipers we see in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, well, thank you, Pastor Pastor Mitchell, and uh, for your time and just for a word of encouragement, um, and just for uh, yeah, and for kind of knowing that hey, there there is there is an e there, you know, even if God 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 remains and God stays the same, and so um, love that message, and so thank you so much for your time, and um, w wish you all the best, and, and we'll be praying for uh, you know as you said, letting letting the book go and what God wants to do with it, He will do with it. Thank you so much. That's right. Thanks, brother.